Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist, here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. Welcome back to another week. As always, I'm so glad to have you listen uh, to me today. And I cannot begin to tell you, seriously, like the, the, the reviews on iTunes are just so humbling and hearing from people all over the world through email and comments, just about how they feel like all of these, uh, concepts and thoughts are, are really, really helpful. It just makes me feel beyond blessed. And I thank you so very much for listening, uh, and contributing to the growth of this podcast. I work with clients, uh, across the board who are really looking to better their life and their lives. And one of the things that I know for sure about why people can't move forward is that they have these particular beliefs, um, that just keep them stuck. And I want to talk to you about that. And this is going to be a lengthy one today because I, when I was, uh, preparing my thoughts for this. I wanted to go in depth, uh, into all of these, uh, the limiting beliefs I'm going to talk about today, because I wanted to make sure I covered the gamut of the kind of limiting beliefs that not only I have had and still have, I do have some of those. There is no person that doesn't have them. I don't care how expert they are in any kind of field. You do have them. Um, but also the ones that my clients have had, because I, I, I want to make sure that you're heard. And I want to make sure that I'm touching base on all the possibilities, uh, that I need to touch on so that I can help you best. So this is all about the limiting beliefs that are holding you back from success today. And you know what we, it's so funny because we'd like to think that we're not driven by our ego, but in truth we are. Our ego makes us believe things that keep us safe and Therefore, it convinces us, at the very least, y'all, that taking risks are gonna, is going to harm us in some way. That's what ego does. Ego keeps us safe. So that said, our ego, if we become aware of how it shows up, can prompt us to actually change course and move in different directions. So it can actually be a good thing, you know, on the one hand, our ego's like, ah, I don't know if you should really do that. And then, of course, you have to do the gut check to see if that's really just fear talking to you, which is really ego-based. Or if your gut is saying, yep, ego's right. Let, let's, let's hold back and go in a different direction. You know, our ego's main function, like I said, is to keep us safe and aligned with what we should and shouldn't do. But that doesn't mean we can't befriend it and do things a bit differently just because it says, um, you need to be careful. I don't know if I would do that. But what if you have no idea when or how your ego shows up? What if you have no clue that you have limiting beliefs in the first place, let alone realize how they're holding you back from experiencing the life that you're meant to experience? 
Not only have I been a therapist almost 29 years now, y'all, almost, almost 29, but I've lived my life too. And I've become aware of my past in presenting present limitations, right? And limiting beliefs that have really snagged me back. And today I'm going to share with you several limiting beliefs that not only I have had personally encountered uh, and dealt with, overcome, but also the many limiting beliefs of my clients in hopes that you're going to see the beliefs that limit you and then you can decide to change them and move forward. That is my goal today. Oh, and as always, I ask that you take a frank look at what limiting beliefs haunt you. You know what they are. You, you think about them so often and so naturally that it's almost as if they're your truth. But think about the things that haunt you, the thoughts like, I'm not good enough. I can't make enough money, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to go into all this stuff, but I want you to be aware. And if you have the opportunity to stop this recording and go and get some paper uh, and something to write with and write your limiting beliefs down and maybe take some notes today, I think it's going to help you. Okay. The thing is, like I said, the limiting beliefs, they're pretty subtle. They're really smart because we have cultivated them. We have nurtured them by not dealing with them and letting them rule our decision-making. So here's some of the limiting beliefs that I know I have had, that my clients have had, and that people kind of pretty much in general have. And I'm also going to talk to you about how you can deal with them. Number one, I hear this more often than I could tell you. Um, people actually believe what I think they believe about me. That's the first limiting belief. Okay. Projection is a funny thing. I've done this too at points in my life, projected my fears and beliefs onto others without their consent or their confirmation. You see, most people in reality, they don't care about what's going on with you to take the time to believe what, uh, what you do about yourself. Now that sounds funny, but it's true. They don't really care. They truly don't care because in, in all honesty, y'all, we are all so caught up in our own lives, trying to survive, trying to meet our obligations and deal with our responsibilities that like for like five seconds, we're curious about somebody, but we truly don't give a shit. That's not to say y'all that there aren't people in your life who really do care. Of course there are. They care about your, your happiness and your welfare. Absolutely. But the truth is that we all too often assign our fears to others without them even knowing it. Think about that. We're like, oh shit, this has happened to me. I, you know, people are going to think I'm a failure or they're going to judge me for being fucked up because of this reason and that reason. You assign that to other people. Okay. For example, this in my life years ago, I worked as a school counselor for about a decade at a school this years ago. Uh, and throughout that time, I'd connected with hundreds of people in my community and within the school system itself. I mean, I touched so many lives um, just by being there. I was connected with so many people and so many uh, lives. I'd been engaged for a time at that point. And then I realized that the relationship 
would not ultimately bring me happiness. So I broke off the engagement. And I immediately felt embarrassed and I felt like a failure because I wasn't married like so many of my friends were in their 30s. So I quickly decided that when everyone heard about my breakup, the breakup of my engagement, y'all, that they, they were going to judge me harshly and label me as a failure that, gosh, you know, there must be really something wrong with Janice. She can't be all she's cracked up to be if she can't find a man and settle down with him. That was a big one. I was scared shitless that people would think that there was something fundamentally wrong with me. And I assigned all sorts of fear-based and rejecting thoughts to everybody Uh, that weekend that I broke things off. And guess what? Nobody had any idea that I'd assigned them all this shit. I just, in my mind, was so embarrassed in my own right that I thought people would consider me um, so faulty. And here's the thing. I went to school the following Monday, holding my head up, well, for the most part, it's kind of like faking it, but I knew that ring was off my finger, and I knew that that engagement was off. But I waited for somebody to notice that I wasn't wearing that ring anymore. And when people did notice, and they asked me what happened, they're like, well, what happened? I noticed you're not wearing your ring. And I simply said I broke off the engagement. And the reason why I said it that way is because, A, I don't need to, I don't owe anybody an explanation about why I've done something and they don't really need to know. So I just made a blanket statement. I broke off the engagement and I left it at that. And I have to tell you something. Here's what happened. Unbelievably surprising. Every single person said to me, good for you for not settling. There are too many people that do. And I was astonished that all of my worry and fear was totally unnecessary. It was totally bullshit. It was a lie. It didn't exist. And that taught me a lot about myself and the power that I gave away, not only to my fears, but to the judgment of others to determine my worth and value. I gave away for the time that I, that I allowed those thoughts to occupy my mind, gave away my dignity And I refuse to ever do that again because what I know about people is 99.99% of the time they do not think about you the way you think about yourself or the way you think they think about you. So I want you to, to ask yourself, think about how you do this and around what issues, whether it's with your parents or uh, a mate or your children, maybe they'll think you're a bad mom because you have mommy guilt because you feel like a bad mom. We project all over people, and y'all, it gets messy when you do it. And then look at what really happened. People, for the most part, I'll tell you, are pretty forgiving. And you know why? There's a saying, don't throw, uh, uh, don't throw stones in, in a glass house. Because seriously, we all have glass houses and uh, we just don't want people to see inside. 
So just like you throw stones at somebody else to try to kind of break them down and judge them, trust me, people can do that right back to you. Second limiting belief. Other people are luckier than I am. This one's come up a lot, especially people struggle around money and relationships with this one. Okay. So people tend to believe this when they're focused more on what other people people are doing rather than focusing on how they can impact their own life. We grab our proverbial popcorn box, right? Box of popcorn and take a seat in the front row of the theater of life and watch other people make something out of their lives. And we feel sorry for ourselves and our own lives because we're not doing what all these other people are doing. Here's the thing. You forget to realize that you are the creator of your life. Nobody's luckier than you. You determine how good or bad your day is. You determine how successful or horrible a moment is in your life. You determine how you perceive something or someone. You do that. Nobody is luckier or unluckier than you. It's all you. No one has it any better or worse than you in the big scheme of things. Yep, everyone's life conditions are different. And it may seem that people who come from intact homes or from old money have more advantages than you do. And in reality, though, the things that have come easily to those people aren't what makes them successful or happy. Some of the wealthiest people I know, I swear, 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 aren't fulfilled. They're not happy. And, you know, they, they lack fulfillment. They lack a deep and loving relationship. They lack respect between each other. And they have endless, an endless quest for the almighty dollar to feel significant. They think that money can make them happy because maybe it buys them status or maybe it buys them things or indulgence. And it doesn't. I have to tell you, honey, money doesn't mean shit when you're all alone with no one to share your life with. It doesn't mean anything. There's a saying that says, you've never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch for a reason. Because you you don't take money with you when you die. You take nothing. You even leave your body behind. That's the God's honest truth. So in reality, people who are lucky, here's the difference. I'm going to tell you the damn secret. Here's the difference. People who are quote unquote lucky, they believe in their ability to have what they have. And they have a sense of either desperation to achieve big or an insanely strong, big things, or they have an insanely strong inner truth that's undeniable. A truth that says, I'll have all that I deserve and want, and no one will stop me from having what brings me true happiness. That is what lucky people have. Happiness. And this is the common denominator. Their belief in what they know is their right to have. They will not let anyone or anything stop them. They eat, sleep, and drink their dreams and breathe their dreams. So much so that they become what they dream about. They live it. They already embody it before it happens. So, sweetie, no feeling sorry for yourself here. People aren't luckier than you. They just live their life differently than you. 
And yes, circumstances can seem dire, and in all honesty, people have risen to great heights in their lives when they've come from nothing and they have nothing. Tap into your desire to do whatever it takes to change your situation like the lucky people do. Your desire to change your life can't just be an interest because nothing will change. It needs to be a must that can't be knocked over by anyone or anything. It has to be so compelling that nothing and no one will get in the way. Believe you deserve something and you'll have it if you really truly believe it. And just never settle for anything less than what you know you deserve. Number three, bad things keep happening to me. In other words, I keep step, stepping from one pile of shit to the next. Can't get out from under myself. When I mention this, I don't mean traumatic things, y'all. I really don't mean what other people do to you. Okay? I mean stepping, like I said, from one pile of shit to the next and thinking, and this is on your own accord by your own decisions, that these events aren't connected at all to, uh, that they're not connected at all, let alone connected to you as the common denominator. I have an old friend uh, who I connected, who I'm connected with on Facebook. And uh, she, I really, really think she's a, a good human, but she constantly complains that bad shit happens to her. Her posts are chock full of full on moaning about bad things, all the negatives constantly and she fails to realize that centrally centrally focusing on these things the negativity brings more into her life okay so she is she, she has no clue how she's calling in these shit experiences so two things i want to mention here the first is the law of attraction okay they are called laws because they are truth the law of attraction says we attract what we vibrationally resonate with and call in our experiences to align with what we truly feel we deserve. There is no mystery here, y'all. The quality of your life experience is determined by what you really feel you deserve. You could say all the freaking mantras you want. I've talked about this before. But... <clears throat> And like post all these things on social media, like I see all these people doing. I, I laugh not because I'm being judgy pants, but because I'm like, you, you, this is what you need to do. You need to post this on social media instead of just keeping it to yourself and working on it. People will post things like, I call in a million dollars into my life. Uh, you know, I declare that I am in a love relationship of my dreams. You, Y'all don't need to post that on social media. It doesn't make a difference. It's attention getting. And I think y'all know how I feel about that. Like, that gets under my skin. But people need to do that. Uh, it's not something I choose to do because uh, I don't need to do that. But when people do that, I'm like, oh, please, come on, because it's meaningless. If you feel like you need to post it on social media, you have not inhabited it entirely. Okay, but if you feel underneath that you know you're bullshitting yourself when you say it, like you just put it out there, oh, okay, I'll just say it, and mantras are true. Uh, you're not, it, it won't happen. 
And you'll experience the exact opposite of the wealth that you think you're calling in, whether it's relationship wealth, financial wealth, health wealth, right? Spiritual wealth, emotional wealth. You will repel it because you don't believe it deep down underneath. You're going to experience more debt, like I said, not just financially, but in all parts of your life. It is the law, the law of attraction. The second thing I want you to remember are the three forces that shape your life. If you haven't visited my website to download this free report where I go into more detail, please go and do that because it will help you. I explain it in more detail there, but suffice it to say that there are three forces that shape our lives. What we believe and focus on is the first one. The language we use to speak about ourselves in our lives is the second one. And the third one are are the actions that we take to do our feelings and to do our lives. We reinforce all of that through our behavior. It's really that simple. You're the common denominator in your life, and you could be the driving force for experiencing gross, growth and happiness, or you can be a cesspool of negativity like this uh, friend I have and breed contempt for everyone and everything. You need to determine which side of life you want to experience. Limiting belief number four. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I have no idea what my path and purpose is. And I hear this a lot from people. People will call me up for readings around this uh, and for therapy to kind of work through uh, what's getting in their way of realizing their path and purpose. And people... What's odd is that people believe that they don't know what they could do with their lives to earn a good living or to feel fulfilled. And I have to say, in the almost three decades of doing the kind of work that I have done as a therapist, I know for a fact that this is not the truth. Here's the reason why. We need to use our lives. And you've been through a lot. And you've lived a good bit of life so far. So what do you have to show for it? What have you overcome that you can help somebody else with? What ideas have you had that other people might benefit from? Think about it. You're on vacation somewhere and you say, if only someone invented X, my life would be easier right now. Well, why not invent it yourself? Why not pay attention to what you have experienced in your life and the things that have felt good, but that you have put restrictions on yourself because of uh, geography, uh, uh, money, time that you think, all of those things that you think you don't have. Let me ask you a question. If there were no limitations on you, money, time, resources, energy, mentorship, training, what would you like to wake up doing every day that you would feel passionate about and feel in love with? Now, I've heard so many people say, well, I'm going to tell you that question again, ask you that question again, so you can write this down and think about it. And I'm telling you, like I tell all my clients, you need to put, I don't know, aside, because that's a bullshit answer. It's a knee jerk. Take a moment. If there were no limitations on you, no limitations on money, time, resources, energy, mentors, 
What would you like to wake up doing every day that you'd feel passionate about and feel in love with? So I hear so many people say, oh, I want to travel and see the world. Well, don't we all? But how's that going to earn you money? Granted, there are people actually who have travel blogs, who have really been able to monetize that. But in all honesty, not many people could do that. So what is it? I know it sounds lovely. Like I said, but few people make money out of that. And we need money to travel, y'all. So let's put that indulgence in a separate category of travel. Really think about what you you love to do in your off time, what you have an interest in that maybe you want to be better at. Art, dancing, architecture, fashion design, <clears throat> makeup artist, house flipper. Maybe you like to work with flowers. Maybe you like you maybe you like clay or paint. Whatever you fantasize about doing, find somebody who has done that and who's been successful at it. And then talk with them about how they become successful. Find out what they did to get there and pick their brain about how they fought their internal demons to get where they are now. If they can do it, you certainly can. Everyone has dreams and passions. Oftentimes, though, we kill them before they can even mature because either we've been told that we can't achieve them by the people in our close proximity, or we immediately rule them out because we worry about what other people would think of us if we actually tried them. Screw that is what I say, y'all. Go do what you love. And know that there are many professions out there uh, where people really do what they love. Maybe, maybe you won't make a million dollars doing that profession, but you'll sure as shit find happiness and fulfillment doing what you love and learning to maybe even live on a budget. Who knows? Get creative. Here's the deal, though. People can find all sorts of success doing all sorts of things. You don't get a pass just to sit and feel sorry for yourself because you think you can't do what you love. Go learn how to play that instrument. Learn that dance. Or find out how to write that book, that best-selling book that's in your mind. I could tell you this. When you do what you love, even if it's a hobby, God has a way of dropping in amazing ideas into our awareness when we allow our souls to sing freely. Do something that allows you to use both sides of your brain and express your true self. You'll soon find that something that you feel passionate about <clears throat> will come up into your awareness and then you can move forward with it. Trust me, I've seen this time and time again in other people's lives and in my own life. Give yourself permission to dream big and take chances because it's all up to you from this point forward to be the, uh, the architect and the archaeologist of your dreams. You've got it. It's in there. Just do not tell yourself you can't do it because dot, dot, dot. I love what I do every single day. Every single day, almost 30 years. Love, love, love it. I mean, I've always liked the people I worked with in the certain settings that I worked with, or the bureaucracy or the bullshit people handed to me. Never, never like that, but love what I do. Number five, 
People will reject me if I do something they think isn't good for me to do. Okay, I want you to understand something. Taking risks is really good. When you put yourself in harm's way, though, to risk take, that's a whole separate thing. But doing something you feel that matters to you and that you believe in will bring you happiness. Never, ever, ever wrong choice, y'all. If it's done out of defiance and spite, you better prepare yourself for an uphill climb because nothing good comes from contempt for your life. You are going to get many naysayers, I promise you, in your life who are going to try to derail you from moving in a different direction than they have or feel that they think is the right direction for you. I've told you this story many times on this podcast, but but this is what happened to me when I first shifted my practice 11 years ago from a traditional therapy practice to an intuitive psychic practice. I let my parents know about this. Uh, I was excited, and it, and it wasn't because I needed their <clears throat> approval as I cleared my throat. But I I wanted I wanted them to be a part of this really cool direction I was going in. But here's what happened. Because my parents were all about playing it safe for the most part. They urged me not to publicize that I work with angels or spirits because it was safer to say that I just did had a, a kind of classic therapy practice. And uh, you know, they kind of didn't feel like it was the right direction. So for a few moments, like I was like, I questioned myself, the doubt came up and I was like, gosh, maybe they're right. And then I couldn't deny what was my truth because what I knew for sure was that once my gifts opened up, I couldn't deny them, nor could I deny who I was anymore. What seemed like a huge and monumental risk to pay, to for to people outside of me, it felt so natural to me on the inside, like this is me and I just need to do it. Friends didn't get me and they faded away, some of them. And it took many, many years for my family members to really get me too and my gifts and how I worked. But I persevered and I would share with everybody all the times the different stories about the readings and what came up and what came through and what my experience was in past life regression hypnotherapy and what came up in some sessions overall. Of course, I'd never reveal anybody's private information, but I would tell them, oh my gosh, this came true. This came through. And I could never have imagined that Janice would know that, right? So over time, they, they got it. I was lucky in that regard. But in all honesty, I still get the reaction from so many people when I tell them what I do for a living. Because, you know, it's a common question. Oh, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I say, you know, I'm an intuitive therapist. And they'll often say, oh, what what's an intuitive therapist? And I say, well, I've been a therapist for about 28, 29 years. Uh, and I'm a clairvoyant, empath, and medium. And usually right after I say that, the air gets sucked out of the room and they have absolutely no idea what to say to me after they tell after I tell them what I do. But in all honesty, I've, I've come to love that response for a couple of reasons. I actually enjoy it. 
Um, one is because I know that I'm speaking to somebody who hasn't been exposed um, to that way of life and that there aren't, they aren't on the path just yet of awareness and awakening. Second, I can have compassion for them, not contempt, but compassion. That's why I laugh, uh, because they're entitled to think differently than I. I have no problem with that, because I promise you, promise you, promise you, if you haven't figured that out about me, this out, out, out about me, uh, I will never, ever, ever try to convince somebody to believe the way I believe, nor do I need anybody to believe in what I do. I don't care. It's irrelevant. I don't care if I do a reading for you and you don't believe any of it. I don't care. doesn't matter. I know that I'm uh, sharing source information and it's enough. I believe it. I'm cool with it. Third, I don't, like I said, I don't need to convince anybody of anybody, anything. Um, I don't need to invite anybody into my way of life and I don't need to wish that they accepted me. I accept myself completely and that's enough for me. And if somebody in my life isn't on board with how I live it, it's fine with me. Uh, that's their path to travel, not mine in terms of developing compassion and understanding for other people. I think I'm pretty doing pretty well in that, uh, in that respect. So I say to you, the losses you think you'll experience if you do what you love, uh, some of them, they kind of may come to pass. Some of your relationships may fall apart. Um, but that's really only to create a space for you to travel more comfortably on your new journey. And there's nothing better than having more room to stretch your wings and fly, is there? Number six, limiting belief. Life is supposed to be hard. I hear this oh so many times. Like, I don't know what else to believe because it's just constantly hard for me. Listen up. <clears throat> this one is going to be short and sweet, y'all. Life is supposed to help us grow, period. Yes, we will experience really hard times, but we aren't meant to suffer because of them. Those of you who believe that are kidding yourselves. There's always something of value to take with us when we experience struggle. Maybe the thing that makes your life hard is the fact that you have a negative and helpless mindset. Change that, my dear, and use your life. I always talk about that. Use your life, and I promise you, life will get easy if you use what you got. Number seven, limiting belief is I will never get over this. Truth is, sometimes we never get over things. Truth, I'll never get over losing my daddy or God forbid my mom when that happens. Never. It's just not going to happen. But I will learn to live with it in my own way. But most things, uh, most other things, they'll pass. Now the key to them passing isn't always time. Although that really is an incredible helper, I have to say. The key to getting over things is learning how to better your life because of those things that cause you pain. That's how you get over things. You get through them, and then you get over. It may take time to heal a broken heart. Been there many, many times in my life. But unless you keep feeling brokenhearted, your heart will heal. And you just might learn something from that breakup, like 
what you will and won't accept anymore in a relationship partner or what you will and won't do in relationships again. Like settle for less than what you deserve or you will learn to speak up instead of agreeing to everything and being a doormat. You have what it takes to move through even the worst things in life. They change who you are, yes. But that doesn't mean that they need to make you immobile and failure to thrive. You see, people all of the time use their most tragic circumstances to make life changes and to help others change their lives. You hear all the time about people, whether they've lost a child to a particular disease or a social struggle, or if they've lost all of their money, they end up uh, uh, recouping it. And then they write a book and start a coaching business to teach others how to avoid the pitfalls that they experienced. Or, you know, you have uh, lost a ton of weight, gotten healthy and fit, and you've started your own your own gym uh, and use that to help other people and yourself. You see, people all of the time use their most tragic circumstances to make life changes and to help others change their lives. Out of tests come testimony. Use your life to be better, to do better. Life is supposed to be lived and to be learned from. And let that be your attitude and then see what beauty you bring into your life, my dear. I hope you have been able to connect with some of these things, um, in part because I want you to know how normal these beliefs are. And trust me, I could have gone on and on and on about the beliefs, but I, I wanted to really uh, tackle, I think, what I thought was, uh, you know, were the most uh, predominant ones, and to give my thoughts to you about them. The biggest thing, and I'll always uh, shout this from the rooftops, is that you're the common denominator in your life. And nothing determines who you are. Not people in your past, not your past experiences, not what could possibly happen in the future. Nothing determines you but you. What you think, what you allow yourself to focus on and believe, the language you use, right, to describe you and your life and your experiences, and lastly, what you choose to do about them, the action you take. I pray that if you have these limiting beliefs, that you can realize how to change and shift them, that they're there to actually prompt you to do the opposite of what they push you to believe, because I have full faith in you that in the next moment, you'll change your life. I wish you a blessed day, a wonderful week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 